welcome to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. My name is Joe Hilliard. And I'm Aislinn Campbell. And Aislinn, we've talked about it. We've talked about it. We've talked about it. And today is our first, what are we going to call this, post-COVID world, Friends with Benefits. And I am very excited to get into it. Back in season one, we got to do two Friends with Benefits. They were great. Some of our most popular episodes. And then COVID kind of put the kibosh on that. So we are back doing it today. I couldn't be more excited. But it's been a super busy week for you. Agreed. I mentioned that we are doing a TEDx here in Corpus Christi. It's actually called TEDx Cole Park. And it is, I believe, the third one that has happened here in Corpus Christi. I actually got to speak at the 2012 one, which was the first one that happened here in Corpus Christi. I love TED We definitely watch a lot of TED speeches. And so it's definitely a resume builder for me. It's something that I have um, used to get into lots of public speaking events and opportunities to get public speaking jobs and things like that. And so I was very excited to get another opportunity. And I had this speech just bubbling out of me and ready to come out. So when I learned that TEDx was coming back to Corpus Christi, I jumped on it immediately, applied to be one of the speakers and got chosen. So over the last few weeks and last week, very, very heartily, I was studying and learning the speech that I wrote and you helped me craft Mm -hmm. and memorizing it, which is a really hard thing for me. And I'm going to get better at it. And, you know, I started thinking about it the other day as I was kind of going through some of my letting go of the garbage I've taught myself over the years that I used to, I remember back in camp when I was a kid, I would always try to participate in the talent show. Well, let me guess. I know you didn't sing. Well, I tried that a couple of times. Did you? But they didn't like that. I I never got chosen. You don't play an instrument. No, uh uh-uh. You had to fall back on your mascotting career with acrobatics. What what did you do? Well, that's the thing is that one of my friends who had also, she actually was the one that had been doing like beauty pageants since she was real little, like one of the little girls in the tiaras and uh-huh. tantrums kind of concept. And she had, (laughs) she was participating in beauty pageants that always had a talent section. And so she had actually, they had actually created a one act stand up little comedy routine. Mm. And it reminds me of, uh, on the marvelous Mrs. Maisel show, the, what's that woman name, the name that has the big belly and she, do you know what I'm talking about? The character, the glee woman character. Yeah. But who, what is her character? I don't remember. She's a takeoff of mom's Mabley. Like that's the real life character. Okay. Well, so mom's Mabley. And we can look up the unanswered question of who this is next week if we want to. But basically what they had done is they had created... a character performance. Yeah, they had created a Mom's Mabley act. I got you. Do this talent. You You, stepped into a character that she might have done uh, elsewhere. Exactly. I'm with you. Exactly. And I memorized this speech. And I won the talent show with Ah. a silly, like, comedic, like... I was a zero and I was an embryo, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I remember that line from the speech. Yes, this is a local thing, but Ted is not local. You can get access to this from wherever you're at. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in getting involved in the live event, we've got 10 amazing speakers. One of them is a 17-year-old kid who is super rocket science smart and kind and loving. The concept is connection 
as we all know, with what we've been going through in 2020, the connection to fellow humans is essential. The connection to everything around us is essential. We've had to work a little harder to establish some connections in some instances. Well, to create distance while creating connection at the same time. That's, That's, yeah, yeah, you got to have both at the same time. And actually, I love that binary concept. You've got to have both at the same time. So here we are, 10 amazing speakers. I'm super excited to get everyone a chance to hear my stories that I tell. My speech is called My Garden is a Sanctuary. And if you're interested in getting in on the virtual free live event, it is on October the 17th. We will make sure to share the link to get your tickets today. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't cost anything, but you do have to sign up. That's correct. I'm with you. Now, of course, these videos will be up and available after the event's over with, but come get involved in the live virtual event. I mean, you're just going to be hanging out next Saturday anyways, trying to figure out what you're doing with yourself. So you might as well do something awesome. The main thing that I've noticed is you focusing concepts that you've used here and here and here and putting them all together. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really exceptional. These are my stories. These are the stories that I would tell. Now, if they'd given me an hour, I didn't. I would not need to memorize a single thing. I'd just tell you my stories and i tell you how it goes, just like I do every week on the podcast. But put me in seven minutes and, oh, well, yeah. you're actually going to end up with eight minutes. So... <laughs> We are super excited because, Aislinn, we've got friends in the room with us. Woo! It's exciting, super exciting. Yes, welcome to our dinner table, Susan and Francesco Inguajato. Brava, perfetto. Oh, you taught me over the years. I passed it on to you because I can't do it. (laughs) I used to call them Iggy Nachos. (laughs) I couldn't couldn't remember how to pronounce it. We have talked about all of the experiences that we've had at our favorite restaurant in town. So we thought no better way to kick off friends with benefits again than to bring, as we affectionately call them, although only it is only true 50% of the time, <laughs> the Italians to the table. Welcome, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Ciao, grazie. Thank you. Yeah, excited to be here. So I guess it really goes back to church in junior <laughs> high and uh, I guess high school, because Susan, you were the sister of two girls that I knew a little bit better because we're a couple years apart in age, which makes, which is a world of difference in junior high years. Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> You were younger than me. <laughs> I think we've exhausted talking about church. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. in our conversations. It was a lifetime we... ago. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll, and, and then years later, years later, I am in this horrible car wreck. Yeah. And all of a sudden I get a card in the mail from a woman that I don't really know mm-hmm. that says, I hope you're doing okay. If you need anything, let me know. And I'm like, who is this? Let me think about this. Oh my gosh, I think that's the owners of the Bellinos restaurant. And then it just snowballed from there. Mm-hmm. Farm to table, grow local, friends that just grew and grew and grew. And I love you guys. I'm so glad to have you here. Now we call them the Italians for a reason. And that is because Francesco, you were born and raised in Sicily. Yes, I was born and raised in Sicily, Palermo. I don't want to tell you how many years ago, though. <laughs> but Bellino, the name of the restaurant Bellino, is the region... Help me. It's, a, it's To make a long story short, Bellino is my mother maiden name. Okay. And the Bellino oh, in Italian means... I got means, that completely wrong. Yeah. Bellino in Italian means cute. And when we opened Rockport, when we rent uh, the location in Rockport to open a restaurant that we were picking a name, I was keep referring to the location as 
in Italian speaking, Bellino, Bellino, the, the place is Bellino. And so uh-huh. when we had to pick the name, it was an easy combination of factors. My yeah. mother made a name and the fact that we were referring to the location Bellino, we call it Bellino. You guys are some of our go-to, hey, let's have some adult time friends. Yes, absolutely. We, we all have kids, right? And it's time to keep the kids at home and let's get together. So thank God we Ubered over the other night. Thank God we Ubered over. <laughs> you said, hey, it's time for adult time. Y'all want to come to the restaurant and we'll eat together over here secluded in another room. And it'll be as close as we can get on a work night. And Aislinn, it was like a, a movie because Francesco and Susan likes to gaze affectionately at Francesco when he's in his you do, like, you uh, do. right? We've talked about this many uh-huh, times uh-huh. when he's at the full height of his powers at the <laughs> uh-huh, restaurant because he's sitting there as King Daddy Chef, right? Uh-huh, yeah. And all of the staff members are coming out and he's like, all right. I cannot do an Italian accent. <laughs> all right, I want olives. I want antipasto. I want gamberi. And all of a sudden, this feast comes out. I thought I was at the movie. I thought I was in a movie. Well, it's an extension of our house at the restaurant sometimes, especially when friends come over. And so the biggest part of it is that I don't have to do all the cooking, and especially I don't have to wash the dishes afterwards right. so it's great <laughs> we, we completely get it as there's still stacks of things and uh, spent a yeah, whole time cleaning the there's still stacks of dishes yeah, in yeah. there don't, don't, don't look around our house please ours is always that way but so I want to talk to you Francesco I mean and Naisal I think you agree with me we've talked about this so so often this is our favorite restaurant in town yes this is the restaurant in our town that does the best job at presenting high cuisine on a consistent level, there might be one or two more. We don't need to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. It's all about Bellino today. Well, I think that one of the things that means so much to me is number one, you guys really embodied the good, clean, delicious ingredient part of it, and also the farm to table movement before really anybody else did it or did it well. And you took it on because for one, I think you understood it better than other people do. And so that's a benefit. But then the second part of it is, and this is a huge factor, and there's been a lot, since we've gotten to know you guys, you guys have been through a lot. You've been through hurricane, like serious hurricane. You've been through fire. You've been through a lot. You've had a lot of life in your life. And what I've learned as you've been here is how comfortable you make people feel in your restaurant that is an extension of your real home. And I think that that's extremely important and it draws people back over and over and over again. So in our time together, we've had the conversation back and forth. How'd you meet? How'd you fall in love? But this is an interesting one because Francesco, you, before you were a restaurateur, were a professional Italian basketball player. That's correct. Yes, I played for 18 years in the Italian league and I grew up uh, in the Bellino experience in Sicily with uh, my grandfather had this little trattoria in Sicily and uh, where Bellino, my mother, was the only cook. I was splitting my time playing basketball for most of the year, but the summer when we were off until we had the trattoria still open, when we were not playing, I was always spending the summer in Sicily and grew up uh, seeing the scene of the restaurant for all my life. How did you meet an Italian basketball player when you're from Corpus Christi, Texas? (laughs) (laughs) Well, life is funny. Well, I was living in Florida and on weekends I used to go skydiving. Wow. Yeah. So, so the adventurous type, that's, that's a start. <laughs> <laughs> and one weekend, he was there. I was in, in, on vacation in Florida. A friend of, another common friend of mine, of his friend, uh, took me to the drop zone in the land. And this is how we met. Yeah. 
and you did you tell me that you were actually on a date with the other guy and then yes. <laughs> so, yeah. let's not go into the details but yes yeah, i think that's funny yes yeah, so the friend i was dating was actually one of his friends so we all French went to friend, the yeah. drop zone and yeah uh years later we were emailing and we didn't date then he was on vacation yeah and then years later i was actually living in new york and i was going on vacation to italy okay and I reached out by email saying, I'm coming, you know, maybe we can meet up. Uh-huh. And so he said, well, he was in Sardinia at the time. Uh-huh. And he said, well, come here and visit. Mm-hmm. So I was like, cool. Yeah, of course, you know. Sardinia, yeah. I've, I've always wanted to go to Sardinia. He's partially correct. She reached out to me just because she was looking for a job in Italy. <laughs> and uh, she asked me if I could help her. Yeah, I said, of course, true. I'll help you. Come over. Yeah. She came for three months and she ended up spending three years. So yeah. It's been a free fall ever since. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, that's just a horrible that job. That was literal. Okay, so, you know, the, the quick, Almost 20 years ago. <laughs> quick question. You've got, I just don't know anything about it. A professional Italian, is that Italian teams playing one another or is that like a European it's, league uh, where playing? It's a little different the system is a little different this there are several leagues some are only italian where i play and some other leagues major leagues they play also with other teams in europe so my at the time when i met susan i was playing only the italian league but i did play in major leagues when i was younger there mm-hmm. are several divisions the a b c division and when susan came i was playing b in division b second division mm-hmm. and uh, but i grew up before those experiences i grew up playing first division but it sounds like a life of excitement and travel oh, and- i enjoyed every single moment i knew they would have wouldn't last for my life so I, mm-hmm. I i enjoyed every single moment because unfortunately you have to pay the price one day with your age and retire right. so i play for 18 years i retire when i was 33. right so the restaurant is actually a second career yes it's something that honestly i would never done in italy honestly i would never open a restaurant we we opened actually that's a kind of a whole story when we moved to america we opened a catering company that was called bon appetito mm-hmm. and this is what it gave us the first uh, uh, experience uh, with the uh, with the restaurant and the cuisine and everything. Well, where, where did you land when you came to where were y'all? When living? we moved, we came straight to Corpus Christi. Okay, and uh, we opened uh, Buon Appetito that we had for over a year. It I, was a yeah. catering company. It became pretty popular very uh-huh. very I quick. I remember that name. And uh, it was a nice it was a nice uh, run. And then uh, one year, almost one year after we found the place in Rockport and then we opened the restaurant in Rockport. Mm-hmm. We were visiting. We was a uh, Sunday we went to I don't huh. remember where have lunch. Yeah. And then on the way back this place was for lease and uh, those things that you say, well, we can call them. Yeah. They yeah. don't answer, you know, those things that they may be not answering, you keep going, send the answer, the owner was there. Uh-huh. Show us the place a week a after bit we of were signing alignment. the lease. A week yeah. after we yeah. were signing yeah. the yeah. lease. Actually, that's one of the things I was going to say that I love uh, I love watching y'all's creative spirit and I love you like trying the new thing and you're very brave and you're just like, I'm going to try this thing. Well, that didn't work. I'm going to try this one and said Ooh, that one works good. Oh, you know, and you definitely embody that divine, divine alignment as well. And so that makes sense to me that something is like that, that would happen. Pretty common path to restaurant touring is catering in that you're constant. I would assume I'm making this up. You're concentrated on getting the recipes right, and you don't have to worry about the house and the staff and the service. Was it just as fortuitous as finding that location and saying, let's just do it? Was it on a whim or was it on a, in a plan? It was actually through family here, because you know my parents were here, that's mm-hmm. why we came here. Mm-hmm. Our intention, we didn't really know where we would land. We just were here to 
to you start wait, our to start, American, to, to start our American We were here for adventure. a year. Yeah. He was like, let's go for a year and live in America. And I was like, okay, well, if you really want to. <laughs> <laughs> I settled really well in Italy. And I was like, okay, well, one year I get that. I wanted to live abroad and I had, and he wanted to live abroad from Italy. And uh-huh. so I got that. Uh-huh. And uh, he was cooking for my parents and friends. And they, people were like, oh my gosh, your food's so great. Will you cook for us? You know, and so then oh, we started wow. going into people's houses, and he would cook for them. Uh-huh. And then we started the company, and then you know it just grew. Friends told friends and friends, and then we were, you know, going to cook in people's homes and doing parties. And why the decision to open that first restaurant in the Rockport area? And for those of you it not was... from our part of the country, it's like a vacation suburb. Mm-hmm. Locates a beautiful, gorgeous area. Mm-hmm. A lot of retirees and second homes in the mm-hmm. Rockport, Winter Texas Texans. area. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It was close enough to Corpus that, you know, we could still see my parents, but he felt like it looked a lot like some of the coastal towns in Sicily. He loved being by the water. Mm-hmm. And like he said, we just drove by this location. It was right across the street from the water. It was so cute. This little building sat right on a lake called Canoe Lake. It was just so cute. We were like, wow, we could live here. This is such a quaint little town. Mm-hmm. And this cute little building, and before we knew it, like life just happened. <laughs> and then, did you open the Corpus Christi location next, or did you open the Portland, Oregon Corpus. restaurant? Next? Okay, Corpus. So that's now managing two restaurants, basically the same menu, I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then, what does that mean? You have to hire a second chef. You can't be in two places at once. Well, right. it's where when we decided that uh, as part of growing, we had to start hiring people and train them. Mm-hmm. So before we start looking for the location in Corpus Christi, that was something that we decided we had kids already and we wanted them to be growing in a bigger city than Rockport. Mm-hmm. Even if we were homeschooling, we decided to start hiring more people. So I promote one of my assistant head cook mm-hmm. and I train him that I knew that after I found a place to move, I could live it with him. And then there were a couple of adventures. You you opened a restaurant in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. That would be scary to me. I, I, I feel like I'd have lost control over the ability to manage it, that given how far away yeah. it was. That was uh, a common decision. We, I, maybe easily what you say, we like to do new things. Uh-huh. And uh, we usually don't discourage each other. So we are very careful what we desire, what we... <laughs> what to kind of invite right. because uh, usually the other person say okay let's do it yeah. <laughs> so yeah. now I learned the lesson oh, so I, I'm very very more uh, careful in uh, proposing things to Susan because she will say yes that's yeah. us yeah. Oh, that, that, that is us yeah I think that th- no that's how hey grow Joe lo- I think I'm going to run for mayor market, right. that's how Grow right. Local started that's how the mayor all came yeah I, don't, I have an idea and sometimes Joe will go uh oh <laughs> I have an I, idea and talking about our uh, first time we met in Corpus, so Susan introduced me to you guys. Uh-huh. And I still remember we were living in Oregon already at the yeah. time. And uh, it was one of our trip to Texas. Yeah. And Susan called me apart and say, I need to introduce you to Hazelina and Joe. Uh-huh. That I knew about you, but we never met in person. Right. I still remember right. That, that was yeah. the beginning. And we started deciding talking about farm to table and things like that. Yeah. That was the beginning of the navigation of the four of us at a table together with you and I being we'd like to have a majority of the oxygen in the room, please. And then Francesco's showing up. And when this dude starts talking, you just fill your wine glass up and have a seat because uh, (laughs) he's going to go and go. It is fun. It is fun. And then you moved back. And then right after you moved back, Rockport had that massive hurricane, Harvey. 
I feel like maybe I see that you guys are finally getting to a space where now you can just create and be enjoying where you are and not having to like put out fires all over the place. And then as you've put your, most of your energy into the Corpus Christi restaurant, I have just seen such an amazing explosion of creativity and fun. And you can tell that the people are attracted to your vibes too. I think we've always just approached the restaurant, like Francesco said earlier, as an extension of our home. So we love sharing our food and wine with people. <laughs> and yeah. we love sharing stories and we, people love to come in and talk to us about their trip when they went to Italy and what they had and oh, we had this delicious food and Cinque Terre and da da da. Or they, oh, we've never been to Sicily. And so we've like sent so many people with maps and sending them to friends in Sicily and they come back and had a wonderful time. So we've planned trips for people to Sicily that were too afraid maybe to venture off the beaten path. Because mm -hmm. typically when people go to Italy, they go where? To Rome, to Florence, to mm -hmm. Venice, you know, mm -hmm. the major points. Going to Sicily is a whole other experience because, you know, Italy has two islands, Sardinia and Sicily, that are beautiful. Yeah. And that's part of what we do. We just love sharing stories with people yeah. when they come and, and talk to us. And also because personally, I don't see, of course, we are in business, so we have to make an income or off for that. But it's not really, honestly, it's not only that. I don't care about money we make if the people leave the restaurant, they are not happy or we are not serving quality food. So it's a, it's a really a commitment. And this, I have to say, uh, that we are very lucky with the staff that we have oh, God, because yes. we have an amazing staff that embraces our philosophy. Yeah. We couldn't do it differently. It's a mom and pop restaurant, it's not a chain. And uh, if uh, one customer complains that he doesn't like the food, we don't charge. Yeah. Or if he leaves after he's not happy, we give him a gift certificate. Please give, come back, give us another chance. Tell sure. me what's wrong. I'll, we'll make it right next time. Things sure. like that. Sure. So I think people appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. I love um, just the way, I, I just love the, the comfortable feeling, the family style of it all. Uh, not that it's necessarily sort of family style, but the family style atmosphere of the way it works in y'all's restaurant. We've always encouraged our staff, you know, to get to know our customers. Mm -hmm. And it actually comes naturally to them because they're all super nice people. Yeah. And they like to know the names of our customers and their favorite wine or what their usual entree is. And I think a lot of our regulars that come in love that too. You know, they walk in the door and they're greeted by their name and mm -hmm. they're like, oh, do you want the same bottle that you had last time? And, you know, they remember and they're so it's great a family. That way about, it's a family. Yeah, and, talk, and talking about regulars, I would like to mention that it's true that... Uh, since what happened since March with COVID-19, we wouldn't be where we are here now if it wasn't for our customers. They've yeah. expressed an, an amount of support that it was really touching. Mm -hmm. The restaurants that I can tell are a little bit less worried, have got exactly what you're describing, a dedicated fan base that stepped up mm -hmm. and took not the responsibility of it, but really tried to help as often as possible. Right. It's been amazing for us. Little story. When we had the shutdown and we closed to the public and we were doing only to go, I had mm -hmm. only one server in the front and beside me one cook in the back because we were 
ready for saying, oh, who knows today what right. how it goes. Right. It didn't last very long. We start having three people, four people in the front and three, four people in the back because the amount of two goals that we were making was incredible. We had the incredible, incredible busy, busy nights while we didn't have any customer inside the restaurant. But I think that the fan base, the family, when you create a family in a community, a family wants to make sure that you still have your home to come home to, right? That's what y'all have done, which the businesses that have done that have homes to come home to, you know? Right, totally. Yeah. We have regulars that come, for instance, let's say Friday. Uh-huh. The when they don't come, they tell us. Yeah, right. They tell us that next Friday we're not coming. Like, if, yeah. you know, like... Yeah. <laughs> so we don't they, worry. Yeah. They're like, where are they? You know, they come they're every always Friday here. at 6 o'clock. And, you know, yeah. For those of you that have been listening for a while, you know that um, I am the founder and past executive director of a nonprofit called Grow Local South Texas. And that's really how the partnership beyond the friendship that grew the friendship um, happened between uh, myself and Bellinos. One of the things I always noticed about your menu even before was I could tell that there were local items and I could tell that there were organic ingredients, like you were working to do that. The other thing that was really impressive to me as I was beginning to understand y'all's style was I could tell that you, Susan, had special dietary needs, which meant that for your customers, you wanted to provide these types of things as well because there are other people out there that have dietary needs as well. The piatto vegano. Vegan plate, yeah. Yeah, was, uh, oh gosh, you know, this is something that in Corpus Christi, you can't find these types of foods available. And so that was kind of a first step. I was like, gosh, you know, I think they're going to be able to get this. I want to be a little more bold than that. (laughs) When you walk into most restaurants in the town that we live in, the vegetarian option is... The green salad. It's usually brown on the tips of the lettuce. Yeah, and you never. And so when you walk into a restaurant in our town that has put a special care into one, two, three vegetarian dishes. The, yes. The eggplant. That, yeah. There was an yeah. eggplant pyramid. Oh, that for was a one while. of the things that got me, man. All the eggplant things you, that were on That's, the menu. We're gonna yeah. go back there. Yeah. Is that a function of the customer base, or is that a function of? What would it, what, what what else might it be? To me, it's a customer base that has not been educated about what really good food in a restaurant tastes like. It's a, it's a little bit of a combination. As a restaurant owner or a, a chef, I would like I want everybody to have the chance to be pleased with what kind of food they like. So I give you an example. If you ask me to cater your rehearsal dinner or whatever, I always offer to my customers a choice of. Fish choice, vegetarian choice, and the pasta choice, and the chicken choice, to try to cover all the aspects. A menu, in my opinion, needs to be built in the same way. Because if Joe comes with Hesseling and two friends are vegan, they have the right, in my opinion, to pick something without asking the server, can we create this? That we usually do as well. But if it's there in the menu, we have a vegan dish or two, or two vegetarian dish. It's the same thing that if you walk into a restaurant and doesn't have any, I don't know, any fish dish or any steak. You know, it's because maybe it's the kind of specific restaurant that doesn't include that kind of food. But as a variety, I think the option of vegan, vegetarian, fish, chicken, veal or beef has to be considered. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that's uh, that's been one of the things that has really attracted me to them is that they're aware of different diets, different cultures, preferences, you know, things like that. But that I think has that's to an come from a, a travel around the world. I mean, oh. ha- having seen so many different sure. things, you're going to bring a experience. different perspective. Experience has got... We get compliments. We People love the fact that we, they love the fact that they can come for the vegan option or the vegetarian mm-hmm. option. Okay. And so we've got vegan options. Right. And then you've also got... And this is 
sorry to lather you guys up so much, but it's just the truth. You guys, I've watched you do it. You put so much care into the quality of the raw product. Yeah. So that the, I am assuming then, so that the delivered to the table product is as good as it can be. And it is corners cut all over where we live. Yes, it's uh, it's true. It's uh, we 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 start from from the ingredients. That of course, mm-hmm. without good ingredients, you cannot possibly create it. You can cover it, mm-hmm. but it will never be as beautiful or as delicious if it's, the ingredients are good. Yeah. So you can make you can play your magic in the kitchen and change a little bit, improve it. But when the ingredients are great, the food is great. That's exactly so right. That's the main yeah. thing. And the second thing is we cook, besides few sauces that require several times, we cook everything from scratch. So when a customer at the last minute asks for this without that, mm-hmm. it's an easy fix. It's not something, many restaurants don't do it. We, ah. we, we yeah. offer it. Sometimes it drives us crazy on a Saturday yeah. night with the restaurant <laughs> full to go through all these changes. And I promise to myself, I'm going to change that next week. This too much. Yeah. But then I don't do it because yeah. <laughs> it's the part of the game. Yeah. And I think that that is the, far- as you go to closer to the farm to table concept, that's the point of farm to table is that you're getting the best, most quality ingredients that you can find from any of the local farms. And so as we would begin having the conversation, like, okay, let's try to see if we can do something. Let's do a, let's do a meal. And then before you know it, you had put, and this is the way that it should be for anyone that's trying to do farm to table. And that is on Thursday nights, we have a special menu that is a farm to table menu. And you may never find the same thing twice on that menu. Now, sometimes you do if it's the season from year to year, right? But usually we try to change yeah, every week. And you're matching the ingredients that are coming straight from the farms and that are seasonal and that are the freshest, best ingredients. But that also means that you know the fresh ingredients from the larger, like the big truck, you know? You know that it's eggplant season and eggplants are in season. So now's when I want to do any other extra special things. Absolutely. I want them to be Absolutely. eggplant. Absolutely. Yeah. And we have a nice help here in town. I mean, it's nice to connect with the local farmers or the local producer and they support us and they let us know. And uh, But I imagine as a restaurateur, it's been challenging. It has it to is, have been. It is, it is. I wish I could do it on a regular basis. Unfortunately, based on the uh, amount or availability, it's, it would be a really big challenge to yeah. do it on a regular basis for seven, six, seven days a week. But yeah. do I, it for one day a week and then uh, use as much as I can the rest of the week is doable. Yeah. I think and a lot of it too comes from him being coming from a culture that gets everything fresh daily. Yeah. Like when we go to Sicily and we go home, we in the morning we go get the fresh bread, we go buy the meat, we go to the local produce and we get the farmers fresh. So it's a he grew up culturally mm-hmm. farm I mean, to table was just it's not a expression it's right. a way of life right it, we, exactly i grew up so it's with easy for uh, him to... go to the butcher for the meat or the chicken yeah go to the farmers for the farm. you know it's not the local the big hb or big uh, that right. we have to the kind of the style but yeah. still the fortunately na- in each neighborhood there's still the bakery and, and there is the fruity vendola that sells only vegetables and then there is the butcher that's machelayo that sells only meat you know and is that you, dying you have, in when you go back to visit no no, no, it, it, no that is still the way no it's been affected because there are like i say the local heb or the local big stores mm-hmm. now 
that most of the time you walk in, even if it's a chain, and they still use the products from the local. Because that's what the customers are demanding. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. For, I mean, basically, you find everything at once in one place. It's a different delivery it's, system. It's, a, it's not support. That's a chain. That's a big company. You don't support anymore the local butcher, the local macellaio, the local fruttivendolo, the local pescivendolo. We go to. I, I have a pescivendolo down where I used to live in in, in Sicily, and uh, that's you see your fish huge, market. Pescivendoli is okay. the fish market, and you see this huge swordfish arriving at six o'clock in the morning, five o'clock, huge, and with a truck. And, and you get the cut, and they start. And you see it all every day. You yeah. see it every day in action, or you know. And so that's for me, it's natural. Right. <laughs> I yeah. grew up with that. It's not as extraordinary like it could be for other people. They haven't. But, but it's unique right. enough, at least in our part of the state, to set you apart as doing something special and you guys are doing something special and then we can't be happier to uh, to call you friends Grazie. Yeah. i mean the food's good i y'all are <laughs> difficult sometimes to hear <laughs> shut up but you but you'd helped usher in that farm to table connection so they could do a weekly thursday night yeah. Uh, yeah. farm to table menu and then for See, my goal, my goal above anything else, of course, I want you to have great products so that you can sell great product to your customers. But my goal is to say, hey, guys, it's possible. Now, it might be a little bit challenging, but if you're smart about the way you purchase products and that you use the, even if it doesn't get sold on that one night and that you shift your menu, you don't expect it to get tomatoes all year long so that you can make your tomato basil soup out of the tomato. Like your expectations are realistic and you you're smart about how you do it and i wanted other people in our area to know that it was possible you guys have been dedicated to that y'all have never shied away when i've seen many restaurants in town go we're gonna try the same thing and then oh, this is just a little too hard because yeah. that big yeah. truck comes and that's so easy or they build an entire restaurant on we're gonna be local and i'm like really because where are you gonna get your local product from you need to know more about local before you say we're gonna be local i can't tell you the number of places that have almost gone out of business because that was their original business model and i'm not saying that couldn't work but they didn't know what they were doing before they hadn't done any market research to understand right. You guys had done the market research because you'd lived the lifestyle already before. So, so Thursday night, as life begins to resume, you know, back to back to normal, is are the regulars not even Thursday night every night, but uh, is that Thursday night crew coming back? Yes, because we've made great friends there, and we miss our farm to table dinners. <laughs> yeah, I think the yeah. I think there is still a lot of people that are concerned, and uh, and it's normal because of the news, of what we hear every day, but. Uh, uh, there, there is a little bit of uh, changing, uh, change. Uh, the, it's picking up, especially on weekends. Thursday, to be honest, it's it's good. It mm -hmm. was it was better before March. It was great. <laughs> it before, was better. Yeah. All the week was better. But I don't yeah. want I don't want to in any way to think that I'm complaining because I'm not in right. the position to complain because no, it's everybody, everybody, everybody has. Well, the, the goal, gone. the goalposts changed, didn't they? No. Like what is success? Like we got to move those goalposts because we're not going to have 110% capacity for a little while. No, and, and no, and then you have to adjust it. You have to adapt. We are still close for lunch. 
because uh, for many reasons we are planning to reopen soon, hopefully before the holidays. I think something to keep in mind about this whole concept as well is not just the, um, the idea that people are potentially afraid to come out because of germs and things like that, but I think that there's just been an, an actual shift in mindset. I think people learned that if they cooked at home a little bit more, they saved more of their finances. I hope, and certainly I see this in my household and I see it in other households of people that I connect with, and that is that we just are living our lives a little bit differently. And and my intentions for the world were that we would live our lives a little bit differently, which means that we may not eat out as much as we are. So there's a shift in that too. But I know y'all well enough to know that y'all are so creative that you find ways, you find all the cracks. And, you know, if we're, if we're cooking at home, but we love to go out and get a cocktail at happy hour time, guess where we'll be going very soon. <laughs> yeah, because you know what goes really good with a cocktail? What's that? The marinated olives at Bellino. Oh, my God. The, I love. Uh, y'all have convinced me to eat olives. I didn't eat olives. I never ate olives. And now I'm like, bring the olives. I want olives. <laughs> Okay, so we get there. Yes. And it's just, you know, going to be dinner, the four of us. And I don't even think we'd ask them to do the podcast yet. No. Okay. Well, you had mentioned it, but we weren't. So we get there. Like I said earlier, it's Francesco, and he knows the menu by heart. And All right. Uh, you know, da, 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 bring the this and the this and the this he and the this. He looks at me and goes, is there anything you want? want? Speak now. I'm like, olives. I want olives. <laughs> and then I don't even know. That like set off a, a flow of like even more. You're like, and bring this and bring that and bring this and bring that. It's just like all this food just started coming out. We ordered Chianti because we got there a little bit before Susan and Francesco did. Yes, so we yes, ordered yes. a glass of Chianti to wait. We caught up with our favorite wait staff. We caught up with uh, the hostesses. We hadn't been in the restaurant in a while. We've been kind of electing to get takeout. Yeah, you guys invited us back to the bodega, which was closed for the evening. But there's an amazing family style, like you can fit eight people there at it or 12 people ten, or whatever. Ten people. Ten people. Yeah, and it's just this warm and cozy family style table. Basically, the two Chianti glasses, he was like, no, push those aside. We're having... <laughs> what are you drinking, Chianti? Okay, push that aside for later. I'm taking us on a trip, a magical yes. mystery tour, if you will. Yes, and as we learned, in addition to all the delicious food we're about to talk about, we learned that during the COVID time, you found a magical way to get some wines and things that you were... I ordered, well, I, was a, I had a little more free time to research uh -huh. yeah. about the uh, availability of wines that I like online and... Uh, through a company that I can buy online, of course, uh, through with my license, I start ordering interesting bottle of wine for friends or special occasion or special customers. And we have a few of those. And I know you like the first one, the, yes. the Sicilian uh, uh, Prosecco, the, the yes. sorry, Brut, the Sicilian Brut de Rosé. Oh my God, it was so good. And the audience of this show knows that I like bubbles and I take the first sip and it has those amazing bubbles in it that just are perfect and it's Dry. I guess that's because yeah, it's a brute rosé. Yeah, it's a dry wine. And yeah. you enjoy that it was lingering in your, in your oh, mouth for a while. so good. And I was like, Murgo. well, how do Murgo I get it? Yeah. Murgo. Murgo. Let's make some publicity to Murgo that nobody knows where he went to buy it. <laughs> but then you told me it was a Sicilian rosé. Yes, and I was like, is. oh, that's even cooler, yeah. you know? And how do I get a bottle of this? And you're like... Uh, this is out of the chef's cellar. You cannot get a bottle. <laughs> I, think I, bought, I think I bought the last six, but then we can see if it's back in stock. Yeah. We talk yeah. charcuterie on the show all of the time, and your version is the Antipasto de Abotega. 
given the talk that we've had about your collection of ingredients and taking care to get the best ones, how do you shop for that here uh, locally? Locally, I shop. I mean, if, I, if we talk about certain ingredients like soppressata or speck or mortadella, locally unfortunately i cannot get them this here locally from local producers so i have to import them they're important from italy and they're important through a, a gaucho that is a company that works uh, based in san antonio so they del deliver it to me when i need them and then you ordered the gum i don't pronounce your menu I, i'm go sorry ahead, go ahead go ahead gamberi i'll teach i'll teach you gamberi Gamberi alla bellino. That's what I said. Okay, yeah. it was perfect. Gamberi alla bellino. It's a it's a simple like it's a bellino is a, a variation of the famous piccata sauce that I modified uh, with uh, start with uh, uh, potatoes. Uh, yeah, we talked about that. We start with potatoes and then I bypass the wine and then it's lemon butter capers. So it's yeah. very similar and it's the my version of the piccata sauce at the, at the restaurant and we use it for the veal and we use it for this appetizer with the shrimp. The shrimp are just saute with uh, olive, oil, olive oil, wine and salt and pepper and then we put fresh parsley over the sauce. That's it. I just wanted to like slurp the sauce off the plate. It was so good. And I did ask because I could tell that I, it had I just something. did slurp the sauce right. off the plate. I could tell that it had something like thickener in it. And um, I was like, what is the thickener in it? And then it was potatoes. And I was like, of course, that's so interesting. And that's good them, for my grain-free self, me, you know. For me, potatoes is an humble ingredient that is delicious. It's, yeah. I mean, love, I love potatoes. When in any form or shape. Recently, you did a menu revamp and added this whole it's a word i never heard before pinza with an n in the middle p-i-n-s-a pinza it's a, a way to intend pizza that's been rediscovered in the last 10 years and uh, it's been very it's becoming very popular and through the good friend of mine that we own together montesacro in portland oregon i had the fortune to be connected with the demarco family and it's a blend of soy rice and a little bit of flour that makes the the the, the dough different and the more digestible and uh, and the technique to prepare it is similar to make pizza but we every time we make a batch we, we leave the the dough raised for 72 hours so it's a long process so every pizza that you serve the dough has raised in the kitchen for 72 hours yes correct. see that's aislin these are the little steps when we leave a bellino right yeah and thank god we uber it, um <laughs> We always talk on the way home, pretend like they're not here. I don't want them to think that we're just like, you know, giving them a bunch of compliments. They, <laughs> they did something. They did something. That food was exceptional. It's exceptional. And it's those little tastes, those 72 hours of dough. Is anybody else in town doing something like that? I don't know. I don't know. Even pizza. Well, right? very we diplomatic. don't offer pizza, but if I offer pizza, yeah. I will raise at least the, so the pizza. Well, then they started doing hours. homemade bread or like house-made bread, house-made pasta, all of that. And, and nobody's doing that. I mean, there might be some house-made bread out there, but house-made pasta, I mean, it's made from scratch it's just that's what you're doing high yeah. ingredients made from scratch yeah. so it looks like it there's is. seven pinzas available on the menu and you chose the alessandro which i know of course is the name of your son but why did you go with the alessandro because uh, when i made it the first time it was the first one that went crazy for it so i gave him this name there you go <laughs> Very because good. my families are my guinea pigs at home so when i try some, they love to try my food so when uh, is I, it I, they're the first one is it italian food every night at your house at home 
we ninety percent eat, <laughs> eat Italian, and we like sushi. We like Chinese. We, so we like uh, yeah. Tex-Mex. Yeah. Uh, but if you're cooking at home, it's Italian ninety percent of the time. Yeah. Susan, do in you some way that's a twist of Italian? Do you yeah, cook yes. at all, or is it, does I cook breakfast? No, no, no. and lunch. And sometimes dinner too. Sometimes. Do you yeah. have a problem a cooking Italian food for Francesco? Because he's probably got a very high... Actually, I'm well-trained. So yeah, I have knows. a few that I can do. I know well. what to ask her. To cook. <laughs> <laughs> it's an easy thing. I don't say chef choice. Well, no. you know that Joe is the cook in our house. So I, yeah. you know, I Oh, I got to tell that. you, man. We did uh, New Year's Eve at Bellino and Francesco. I, we talked yeah. about it on the show. And Francesco let me go into the kitchen. But, oh, that was a special night <laughs> to see the line and your raw ingredients and how you'll just kind of, I mean, it's like, it was like jazz. I mean, you can, I imagine you improvise sometimes and say, it's what would it magic. be like if I put a little bit more of this or that in there? Improvising is key for me. And this is what I love about specials. We have a different special every day and uh, farm to table or wine dinner event yes. where I can play with my it's, my, it's a goal. It's a dream more than a goal. I would love to have a, a restaurant that uh, it's based on a, a different menu daily. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You trust yes. the chef, you trust the ambience. And when you walk, even if you play with ingredients, but not necessarily has to be the same recipe, the same dish. Yeah. It's a challenge. I remember many years ago in Rockport I changed menu and uh-huh. I got the nasty email from a, a customer that uh, it started how dare you change changes so hard how dare you and distract me it's a say how dare you I'm the owner yeah, <laughs> how, right. dare <laughs> how dare you I got this email well right. I didn't want to listen to the customers I put it how back how dare you <laughs> my so name I understood is a- that changes here I have to be really careful right um, yeah. Do you? Yeah, I've heard that before from other restaurants that have tried to change their menus. It's it's interesting. We don't like change around here very good. <laughs> no. I like it. I like the adventures. It's my head. Like <laughs> oh, to table. It's my happy. Place. If the carbonara left the menu, I don't think I'd say how dare you, but I would be very <laughs> upset. I mean, that's my favorite thing to eat at y'all's place. You made me a special dish because I had talked to you about how I had ordered it at some other restaurant. You said, oh, yeah, I know how to make that. And you made it for me yeah. one night. But then I guess the you had the chef make yes. the... The same dish. The puttanesca. Puttanesca. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> but the star of the night, I mean, like the showboat, the showpiece. Pesce al cartocchio. Cartocchio. Cartoccio. Yeah. Yeah, Fish al cartoccio. Fish al cartoccio, brava. Fish in a bag. The is but it's not, it wasn't a bag. It's, a, it's, not, it's a, we make it. It's, a, it's more commonly uh, known from the French term papillote. It's basically a bag and uh, it's a similar technique uh, to what it could be the sous vide, just instead to use uh, the plastic bag, vacuum sealed and cooking in water for a long time, you create this vacuum set, uh, factor with a uh, parchment paper mm-hmm. and you seal it with eggs around oh, okay and that's because, why it was brown yes okay it's the eggs, the eggs. Eggs. Yeah. And you brush the eggs on the like kind of when you make ravioli to seal them mm-hmm. and, uh, and you fold it in a way that when it is in the oven with the heat of the oven it, it kind of blows yeah and oh. inflates and uh, uh-huh. inflates and this uh, and uh, the good thing about this technique is that you don't lose any single drop of flavor because when you steam it's trapped, when, in the it's trapped yeah. and so it uh-huh. enhances the flavor of what the fish what was the fish what was the pe- it was a, a grouper okay. was a grouper filet and inside we had capers kalamata olives cherry tomatoes 
olive oil, salt, pepper, rosemary, basil, and parsley. And lemon slices. And lemon on the top. On the to, top. To, to, to give the acidity of the dish. So this is when, okay, so this is when you had had the special order that he had to call the chef that was in the kitchen, Phoebe, out Putaneska. to the table. Yes. To, can you, yeah, da, 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 da. Well, then when she came out, they put the fish in front of us and it's in a bag. And he had ordered, he had ordered that one for me and one for you, right. Susan. And then she was like, oh, we need the scissors. And so I have this amazing chef and then this amazing chef on both sides of me and they cut open the bag. And I am telling y'all that fish was amazing. It's when you open the bag and the smell comes out, it's, <sighs> it's incredible. It was everything about that was just T- tables wow. so tables nearby turn their head when this thing happens i mean yeah. we got some beautiful photos of it and then you i had to wrestle her down to get, get a, a bite, bite of it i mean you would enjoy your puttanesca oh and the definitely was, was excellent too but, yeah, but yeah. francesca did you see how quickly i rolled with my spoon yes, and uh, fork and put a bite of my puttanesca on near yes, on her plate and, and then when it. i went to go get a bite <laughs> Thank I was God like, that wasn't a steak knife. She stabbed you with a fork, but it's yes. okay. Back off. Get off my get off my fish. Shared, it was so good. Shared two more bottles of wine after that rosé, and uh-huh. then dessert came out. Which Yeah, then it was like, do you want dessert? I know, I'm stuffed. I was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> so, bring them out, the almond. Semifreddo di mandorle. Almond semi-frozen cake. It was basically. amazing. Yeah. And port. Huh? Cherry. Cherry. Uh-huh. Sh- sherry. Oh, sherry. Jimenez sherry. Jimenez nice. sherry. Mm. And then a sherry with the almond. Semi- semifreddo di mandorle. That's Repeat with me. Semifreddo. Semifreddo. Di. Di. Mandorle. Mandorle. Promossa. You passed. Oh. What's your favorite thing to cook? Your favorite uh, dish? Single dish? Single dish to cook? Uh, pasta. Any kind of pasta. Oh, you want to just really the dish or the category? I thought it more. I like to cook pasta and seafood. No, when you These say are the things that I like. Does that include making of the pasta? Like in, uh, in other words, that if I want to spend more time with my kids and, and roll the dough and do ravioli, we have done it so many times. So tagliatelle, we do we start from there. But what it really inspires me the most is uh, the combination of seafood and pasta. What's the number one herb that you use? Probably basil. Basil. I have lots of basil in the backyard if you need any. <laughs> lots. I, I get it. It's never enough. <laughs> so where do you see us headed now that we're might be rolling into a post-COVID world? What's happening at your restaurant? Well, it's happening that we're trying to, first of all, I'm working on a new menu. We are about a very few days away from getting our liquor license. Yay. And so oh, that's exciting. Order, uh, working on the quality, of course, and new ideas that may attract the customers and uh, leaving the experience of the restaurant like uh, uh, the thing up there is not uh, there, like the COVID, this COVID situation. Otherwise, you go crazy. Yeah. So trying to, be okay. opti- trying to be optimistic and, uh, of course, keeping an eye sure. on the situation, but pretending it's not there and keep going yes. in terms of quality creativity like if it's not there because it's the only way that they can attract the right clientele at the right number of customers i know there is a crisis out there but we pretend that it's not there yeah and we keep going and this way yeah. we brought the liquid license into the into the scheme to hopefully attract also some customers i know it's very popular here in corpus christi that if you don't serve liquid they don't even consider the restaurant 
Yeah, yeah. A couple, it's not that I don't consider the restaurant, but I will tell you that I like to go to a place that has a good cocktail. Yes. I really do like Thank that. You. So, yeah. A couple of restaurants that we've visited in the last few weeks since we started kind of venturing out to restaurants have a limited menu, a limited alcohol selection, a limited everything. Did you see supply really drop? We had we had a few weeks in which it was very hard to get some. some even basics, things. maybe. I mean, yes, even like there was a shortage of uh, of ground beef or burrata cheese or mozzarella, mm. things that was the stuff for a few weeks day. we had to skip some, and so we had to eighty six like we say in the restaurant business certain mm -hmm. items. But fortunately, mm -hmm. that didn't last very long. Well, the meal was amazing, and we had had everything, and we had eaten until we were full all the way above our heads. We had oh, drank God. all the delicious wine at, that we could manage. <laughs> we literally shut down the restaurant. Your staff's yep. coming in going, we're, we're shutting it down, we're yep. leaving, and all we're right. all still there turning the lights out. And then not only did they feed us well, but then they also gave us a ride home so that we can make it home <laughs> safely. That's like service with a smile. I felt like we were in the greatest luxury, oh. but what's even more important than that is that it was with dear friends of ours and I'm so thankful that you guys just anytime. welcome us into anytime, your life. No, 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 no. The next time we're going to a different restaurant and I am going to pay. We are going to pay. <laughs> yeah. But now you have to do something with us that we do every week at the table and it is time for Table Topics. Okay. I drew a question from the Not Your Mom's Dinner Party selection. This is a great one for this crowd. I picked it for you guys, especially the okay. not your mom's dinner party. <laughs> anyone, anyone can go first. Very simple question. If you were going to get fat on your favorite snack foods, what would those be? Oh, this is a great question for this crowd. Mine is easy. Cheese and chocolate. Cheese. Any kind of cheese and any kind of chocolate. <laughs> Last night I had to go to the grocery store uh, to get something that was uh, weird, but I needed it late at night. And Aisling goes, if you're going to the grocery store, I want a milk chocolate bar with almonds. Not, don't bring me, don't bring me something good for me. Dark chocolate, uh, chile, chile, which is great. I love it. Don't get me wrong. No, bring me the milk chocolate with the almonds. I want a candy bar. <laughs> Francesco, I'm sure you're going to uh, offer an international flavor here. Maybe not. If you were going to get fat on your favorite snack foods, what would those be? I go back to my childhood, to when I was young and I was snacking with panini. So I love to make panini. A panini? Oh, you're a sandwich. I need a sandwich. I, I, I'm a panino guy. <laughs> yes. If I night I come back from work, and believe it or not, happens often, I didn't eat. Uh -huh. And uh, I go back home, I'm a little hungry, I make a panino. And by panini, you just called it also a panino. Panino is one, panini is more than one. I got you. Is that, uh, make, what makes it a panini is the pressing of it? It could be, there are, it's a little bit, uh, there, there is not a rule. You can okay. use your imagination, like to cook pasta with certain things. The way I like it is toasted with uh, cheese, prosciutto, and I love mayo. I'm in love with mayonnaise. I'm in love with mayonnaise too. <laughs> and I make, so I, I spread the mayo, then I put my cheese, provolone, uh -huh. prosciutto, mortadella, whatever it is. Maybe some even pickles if I have them, or tomatoes. That's and an that adult. I, gr I grill it, and that's a little bit of seasoned olive oil with rosemary and things like that. And this, I love it. Chex mix, oatmeal cream pies. Those are yours? Yeah. You're gross. <laughs> wow. I'm not asking. Here we are, cheese and chocolates and paninos. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and adult grilled cheese sandwiches is basically what I'm calling your panino now. No. And oh, no, I'm, I, if I'm going to get fat Chex on it, mix? let me just really enjoy garbage. And Chex, mix is, Chex mix is perfect. Chex mix has got that. It's perfectly salty and perfectly textured no. with all the different things. No. This isn't an argument. No. The answer is no. These are my We food. can't even be together anymore. Right I'm sorry. To be, he has the right to get fat the way you want Yeah, I want to get go. fat my way. Get fat your way. Yeah. But don't ask me for the panina after you get tired. Uh, with That's right. Stuff. Exactly. Susan, save us from his Please. obnoxiousness. What is yours? It's something I don't buy often because I will eat it is Nutella. Oh, yeah. Mmm. On bread, on anything, strawberries. A panina everything. with Nutella on it. Any, oh. Panina, oh. yes. White bread, like the yeah, worst kind you can Hey guys, that panina is gonna need some chips. Let's just use chips. Oh no. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime, hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you. Aislinn's like the only person that's allowed to break the rules that she sets. Joe makes rules and then just doesn't even follow them. So I'm like, well, if you don't, if you don't follow your own rules, I'm not following them. <laughs> The guidelines. <laughs> yeah.